You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. Is it stuff I know? Stuff you should know. If you're listening to that podcast, okay, I, stuff you should know. I'm so nervous right now. I am. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. I think Beth Shelton What else do I say? Uh, Maddie Matheson. I don't know who that is. The chef cook guy. Eh. Listen, for some of you listeners out there who are aware of Maddie Matheson. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I mean, we had talked about headlines. Uh-huh. This is one of them. Maddie Matheson is starting his own clothing line. Oh, That's of chef's how, robes? Amazing, That's right? like an 8 out of 10 headline. Listen, Maybe. I read this crazy one yesterday. It was this man in Cincinnati, Ohio, who was trying to help a friend cut down a tree limb. Oh, boy. He was on a ladder and was attacked by African killer bees. Over 20,000 stings. He ingested over th- ingested, ingested over 30. They had to do Did surgery. he die? No, he's still alive. What? That is Jeez, 20,000 stings. <laughs> you needed a 10 out of 10. I was going to. That is like a. 10 out of 10. Yeah, for the shock factor. I know. African killer In Cincinnati. Bees. Let's keep it light now. Okay. <laughs> okay, this will be fast. Hey, we can do a quick 100th episode. Wait, are you a seven? Yeah, seven, eight. So you're okay with speed? Yeah. I think everything I do is quickly. Yeah. Quick and efficient. I'm an efficient seven. I don't like being anywhere longer than I need to be. All right. You got to give me like a thumbs down if you don't like my oh, okay. introduction. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> just need to get going. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, that what was, was, that was all right. What was that? <laughs> what was that? You're good. You're good. Keep right. going. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. This is Jacob. And today I will be interviewing the host of this show, Kathy and Betty. Hi. Thanks for having us. It's our 100th episode. Oh, I should have said that. So happy to be here. So happy to have you guys here. Thank you. On my on my podcast yeah. now. <laughs> For those of you who <laughs> don't know, and if you're listening at this point, you probably should know, but Catherine is the wife of Chris Holm. They have a 10th grader and an 8th grader. Kate is an elder here at the Upper Room, which is one of many hats she wears, as well as worship team leader, small groups overseer, and youth overseer. Beth has a job. There you go. She sure does. Beth is the wife of Mark, and she has three children, Jacob, Jordan, and Jaden. Beth has a job outside of the church, but in the church, she works as our women's ministry leader and is the founder of the Shine Groups. Woohoo! We are so happy to have you guys. Thank you. So I thought for the 100th podcast, it would be fitting for you guys to just rank all 99 in order <laughs> from your from your worst to your best. Okay. Oh, Let's my start. favorite was Jacob Scheller's season one. Mm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> No, you don't have to rank all 99, but what were some of your favorites? Oh my gosh, we've had so many awesome 
podcasts with people. I'm just blown away every time we interview someone of the precious stories that people's lives have and their willingness to be vulnerable and come on here and share their stories. I, I love them all. Every one of them has, has been a surprise to me. And there's something that I'm like, I didn't know that about them. It's been a privilege spending yeah. all this time interviewing people. You guys have oh, a top gosh. five? Well, let's hear yours. It's my top five. Yeah. Shirley Striefler takes one through three. <laughs> Dave Osborne was my, he's my number, technically, I really, my number two. He was a good one. I really appreciated yeah, I his liked wisdom, his, a lot. his dad jokes. Uh-huh. And then Scott McPete's first one. I'll do my top three. That's my top three. Shirley's I, had me crying in Sprouts. I was like, why am I so emotional? I don't know, but uh, here I am. I feel the same something. way. There are very few that I feel like I've cried through. Shirley was one of them. We were both crying. Yes. And nothing was innately sad about it. it just not at all. Like, There's just... What a woman. There are sometimes moments where you... It's not necessarily sad, like you said, but there's just such weight uh-huh. to a moment. Yeah. And I felt like there was such weight to really the entirety of yeah. that podcast. One of my favorites, this is going to sound weird, but it was with Brian Coulter, my brother-in-law. And it's not because he was necessarily like in my family, although I do appreciate him being in my family. I just think it's interesting sometimes hearing from guys specifically who carry a little more of a, there's like an intellectual mindset that accompanies the, the, the way they see the world and the way they see work and the way they see God and not necessarily saying that that's the most important. It's not, but sometimes I appreciate kind of taking a moment to look through that lens. And so Brian, I also really appreciated uh, Barry Kimple's just very different way sometimes of seeing the world looking at God in these ways. And so I feel like if you've grown up in the church or if you've been a part of the upper room, we have a lot of lenses that can be similar. Yeah. And theirs was just different. Yeah. That was actually one of the questions I was going to ask. You guys have basically sat through 150 plus hours of just hearing people's stories, sometimes more than once and sometimes people's married stories. Yeah. How has that changed your viewpoint on humanity or potentially even the church to just sit and listen and listen and listen and story after story of the good and the bad and sometimes the really ugly, but also the beautiful? I've been so inspired by people's vulnerability and their willingness to share the low spots of their lives and really what Jesus saved them from. You know, we've had people who have been addicted have had extramarital affairs, have had abortions, have been drunks, have been all these things that people struggle with that nobody at church really wants to talk about. And when they get on here, it always blows my mind how willing they are to share their dark spots and say, Jesus saved me and pulled me up out of that. And I think it's a beautiful thing because I think sometimes church culture, we try to pretend like we have everything together and you show up on Sunday and you put your best foot forward and you smile and you you could be fighting on the way to church and then you get out of the car and you're like, okay, put your church face on. And People can be sitting there looking around thinking, oh my gosh, these people all have their lives together and I'm a hot mess. But the beauty of people being willing to share their hot mess with us and how Jesus has changed them and transformed them, I think that that has been a beautiful part of listening to people's stories. 
And I feel like it's really opened up the possibility of making connections with people who have listened to each other's stories. Because you hear a story on the podcast, you hear a life, and then that next week, someone will grab you and say, I had no idea. That's amazing. That was me too. Last week in your podcast, you were talking about at the very end, making these comments about that high schoolers and junior high kids can be difficult. And even if it feels like there's an exterior or it feels like there's a wall, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you may have to push through, but it's worth it to find that kid. It's just in general kind of that way just for people. Like yeah. if you can get in, if you put in the effort to know someone, it's so profound and it's so meaningful Yeah. when you make that connection And it changes the person who's been on the podcast and it changes the person who's listened to the podcast. And we all leave feeling like we are more connected. What's been so profound to me is that we all feel we've been connected through the podcast. We've also got a lot of comments from people that just appreciate this ministry, really, because it makes people feel connected to each other and A lot of these stories, it would take years before you would know this about someone. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not necessarily sharing this kind of thing on a Sunday during intermission when it's coffee time or (laughs) the seven minute time at a picnic or a luncheon. We don't often share those part of our past. And so we've got a lot of feedback that this has meant a lot to people because they just get to know about people more. I was kind of mulling this over and it's one thing to kind of you sit and you listen as peers but you guys are both leaders in this church okay you're an elder in the church has sitting and listening to the stories of the congregation has it influenced or changed the angle i don't want to say theology but maybe the like methods you've used in the last couple years i mean for both of you shine or women's ministry as well well i think so one of the values at the upper room is the importance of healthy relationships One of the reasons I have enjoyed the podcast is because, like, it impresses and continues to kind of push that value. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I've changed that method, but I think one of the things that's come from that is kind of like the extended importance of healthy relationships. That's what this podcast speaks to, the value of that. And, you know, even in the ministries that I'm in charge of, like worship team, I express to people who are coming onto the worship team, I'm really, really less interested in what you can do on the stage than I am in the relationships that you have in this body. So you need to get to know the worship team really well, and you need to be involved at the church, and you need to know people and have relationship. I mean, it's great you have a gift. Those are wonderful things, but if we don't continue to hold the importance and the value of healthy relationships really high, then a lot of weird stuff starts creeping in. And especially, like, for instance, on a worship team, you can see a lot of stuff creep in, like ego and pride, and that's not what's important here. The importance is relationship because we're here to grow and love people well. That's what we're there to do on stage express Jesus. And so, yeah, I feel like the podcast is just a continuation of saying, yes, this is a really important thing. 
you know, this was my dream to do this. It started during COVID because we were in a season of isolation where we weren't meeting, we weren't gathering, we were isolated from each other because of fear and COVID and masks and all the mandates that were happening. And so I thought we really need to continue to push forward to be connected, be authentic, have intimacy with people. And how do you do that? when you're on COVID lockdown. So, you know, this was a great antidote to that because people were able to listen and they felt like, oh my gosh, I know them so much better after hearing their story. And thank God we're out of all those mandates right now. But I think isolation is a tool that the enemy uses and it's very dangerous. So that's one thing I love about this. And I think what helps when you know other people's stories is even if it's not exactly like yours, you feel like I'm not isolated. I'm not the only one that has experienced hardships or gone through tragedy or had sin in my life. Everyone sitting in the pews next to me has experienced the same thing or similar, and I'm not alone because I think Satan tries to isolate people and tell people, well, you're worse than everyone else, or you haven't. You know, he just tells us lies by spending time together, whether it's spending time interviewing people and hearing their story or listening to stories, that breaks down that isolation. Yeah, over 95 people. And a lot of these people are getting very raw and very vulnerable and sharing some kind of deeper things. And even with that, like you're putting all your junk on the table, Have you guys seen a shift in your church culture of shame kind of being lifted out? Because to go on this show and to say a lot of things that the people have said and then for it to be listened to, I have just thought like that can be so freeing, especially to be known by your congregation. Have you guys had any stories or testimonies of people? So I, so yes, I do. And I think one example specifically is Rich Sheldon. So Rich Sheldon was on the podcast he opened up really vulnerably about pornography addiction. I mean, talk about laying it all out. Yeah. I feel like if anyone were to share something, that would be one that would be yeah. really difficult because, yeah. you know, you have to see all those people yeah. on Sunday and, and you can't control reactions. But one of the things that I think has been so interesting is that he shared that and has had responses where other men have come to him mm-hmm. and said, I am there. Yeah. I struggle with that too. Yeah. Can you talk to me about how you're walking through that? Do you want to spend yeah, yeah, yeah. time to discuss that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I think specifically that one is probably the most profound mm. we've seen, but I think that it carries out in little ways too, where mm. people are moved by what is shared and then they kind of go and seek that person out to say, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. See, there's this TED Talk out right now with this conversation of healthy community and what the importance of it. But there's this TED Talk out right now that is saying, modern science has proved that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's actually community. Boom! And I was wondering if you guys wanted to shine some light on how great of a need and also some tips just about building that healthy good because you know you kind of brought it up right there rich shares his story and all of a sudden you have these men coming out they're not finding sobriety at first they're actually finding community before they find sobriety that's so good so do you guys have thoughts 
or just things you want to share about how important community really is, and then also maybe ways to build it up. What TED talk is that? I want to go listen. I don't know. There was a rat. They did a study with rats. Most TED talks, I think, kind of boil down <laughs> to the studies with the rats. Yeah, something rats did something, and humans do it too. The Spark Notes are they basically had drug laced water, and a rat in isolation would choose the drug laced water, but I then they put the rat in community. And the rat, it still back. used it occasionally, yes, but significantly less. It would just drink the regular water. Uh, so back to the original question. Could you shine some light on how to build great community and why it's so important to be intentional about building great community? Many of our shine groups have read the book, Find Your People with Jenny Allen this summer. And we've, we've spent the summer on it. Jenny Allen's preaching, you got to find community and you need to find your people. So it's been really interesting reading that as a group, several groups reading that book, discussing it because she's a little intense. You know, she's like, you better be in a small group and you better be talking about your finances and all these things. And I'm like, I don't know about that, Jenny. But, (laughs) you know, it just pushes me to be more intentional about being in community because I think we live in a world where everyone is so busy and there's very little margin. And one of our conversations at our shine group, somebody said like, how do you have time for that? By the time you work and you got to do all the stuff at home and do all your chores, like there is no time for community. And I thought, wow, are we living our lives like that? Where we have to do a to-do list We've got to check off all these things and get all these chores done before we have an hour a week to spend with community. And I thought, wow, we really need to change the dynamics of how we're living our lives because what's the point of checking things off your to-do list or doing a bunch of chores or clocking in and out when you're sacrificing all that for healthy relationships. So that comment really made me stop and think like, what are we doing? And can we be doing life differently? Recently, Jaden and I started food prepping with Monica on Sunday afternoons. And note, I hate cooking. (laughs) It's not fun to me. It's something that it's like, we have to do this. This is a necessary evil. And so trying to be organized and living a life that that is very full it's volleyball season my husband and i are working full time you gotta eat and so we we started doing this together so i'm like okay sunday nights we're food prepping jaden and i pack up all our ingredients and lug it over to monica's house and we are cooking breakfast casseroles and lunch menus and dinner for on the go nights and been really fun i guess i said i'm not sure if i'm having fun or not but pour some coffee we turn some fun music on and we're spending time together doing life together of stuff that we have to be doing anyhow that's one way that i have really taken the heart how can i find more time for community Mm -hmm. in the midst of living really full lives where you know you're on the go there's no margin The other night, I dropped Jaden off at school at 7 o'clock in the morning and picked her up at 9.30 at night. Both of us had been gone the entire day, and I'm like, we are driving home from a 14-hour day (laughs) to fall into bed to get up to do it again. And so I think the society that we're living in, it's very easy to be isolated, and it's very easy to get caught up with, I got to do this and I got to do that and pull away from people. So, you know, my hope is that we're we're trying to push against 
the culture of that and really carve out time where you have people in your life that know you, that you don't have to edit yourself, that you can feel like you're safe and they have an opportunity to speak into your life and say, hey, that's a little concerning to me. Or, hey, have you thought about something else instead of just finding ourselves busy and putting on faces and doing niceties with people? I think it's really important you have people in your life that know you, can speak into your life, yeah. and we have to push for it because it doesn't happen naturally. Yeah. So, Kate, for the listener who maybe is, feels overwhelmed by the thought of- Wait, oh, I have to talk about this book real quick. Which one? Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. One of the things that I've appreciated so much about that book, in the midst of reading Find Your People with Jenny Allen, also reading Life Together with Bonhoeffer, he, like that TED Talk, would so profoundly say community is a must. And he talks about the church being a group of people who it is not about the complete agreement of what they're doing, but it is that they find unity mm-hmm. In Jesus. Yeah. So it's not whether you Ooh. sorry, it's not whether you agree on all the stuff. It is Ooh. finding unity in Jesus. It's such a profound book. You should read it. But anyways, he was saying you really can't fully walk in Christ and not be in community. You can't fully be inside of the will of God and be outside of community because sometimes God will use his will through a person. And if you have excluded yourselves from a church, from that. So one of the things I love is he has this quote, it is God's final revelation of his divine self as Christ existing in community. Church community is God's final revelation of himself. That's and good. I, we take this for granted, especially in America, but it is God's final revelation of his divine self. And we talk about this, Kate, often when we, there are people who come and they're a part of our church and then they just leave. They don't even say anything. They just take off. Or Kate, we've had this conversation about, is the church really family? And I'm like, I don't know if people really think they're family. I think they think, well, it's a community I'm in, but it's not family. And you give me the smackdown of that is not what the Bible says. So talk <laughs> talk about that because it's very easy to be like, oh, church, it's just the thing I go to on Sunday. And it is a community that I'm involved in. But it's very easy sometimes for Americans to be like, yep, I'm out. I didn't like that sermon. I didn't like that stance on that topic. I didn't like the way they handled that or didn't handle that. I'm out. So share with the <laughs> listeners gonna, what you're gonna you get share with like, me all the time. So I feel like this is probably one of the things that like we all have things that light our fires. You know what I mean? That kind of like spark us. And this would be one of them because – and it's so funny because I got to share a sermon at the Mennonite church uh, about a year ago on the topic of unity just because I feel like COVID and this season that we're in has been so divisive and it has wrecked us and wreaked havoc on the church as a whole. It, we we have let go of the unity that I think that God so desires to see people hold on to <laughs> because we find all of these things to disagree with. And But scripturally, we are brothers and sisters in Jesus. And I don't mean that just for the upper room. I mean, like, in the body of Christ, we are family because of Jesus and what he did. And if he, as God, is going to be like, Kate, I accept you completely as my sister, and then all of these things are yours, 
everything that was given to me, I give to you. How much more should my life reflect that with people? I should be living that where I'm accepting people who love Jesus as brothers and sisters, as family. Those words, you know, the the words that Jesus expresses about us being family, us being brothers and sisters in Christ— This creates responsibility in our lives. Like, we are responsible for each other. I don't want to make it seem too heavy. Like, there is something, too, that we can make light of it. Like, I attend a church on Sunday morning. I'm in, I'm out, goodbye. But there is something that if we would seriously consider ourselves brothers and sisters, if we would seriously consider the responsibility that we have for each other in light of what Jesus has done and what God has revealed, which is why I love that Bonhoeffer quote. That's the final goal, that we're together in unity as one. And that's it in Revelation. That's it. Mm -hmm. The bride of Christ, pure, spotless bride, like we're in it together. And very Woo! in the very beginning of Genesis, I mean, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Like he mm-hmm. built us for relationship and with him, but also with mankind. And yeah. so... When we try to go at this life alone, or even the Christian walk alone, it's not how God intended it to be. We have to fight this culture that we're in sometimes that we think, oh, we don't need people. We can do this alone. We, you know, only in America does, mm-hmm. you know, everyone as individualists, we're, we're a very individualist society that we live in. And that is not how God intended us to be. So to wrap up, Kate, I really liked what you said about there is a responsibility on each individual member of the church family to be a member of the church family. So for somebody who might feel overwhelmed by that or challenged by that, what are three to five things you think, yeah, 100th episode, we're doing a listicle. It's a BuzzFeed. Um, What are three to five things that you think your average church attender can practically do to begin to create a culture of community within their lives? Okay, so number one, the first thing that pops into my head is that this is not always fun. We get into these situations where, and I mean, we even discussed this in my shine group. Like, if we're getting together, shouldn't it feel a certain way? No. Sometimes it feels awful, and sometimes you don't want to do it, and sometimes you don't want to show up, and sometimes it's boring, and sometimes it's really, really hard, and sometimes you will fight with other people. I think the first thing is to go into this knowing that this is not all about how we feel, and it's not always a joy, and that relationship is something you have to fight for, thus the responsibility. Yeah, It's not always like, what? this is my favorite thing ever. So that's the first thing that comes into my mind is that it's work. Number two, show up to small groups, whether that's Sunday school on a Sunday morning or getting involved fellowship group or inviting people over for dinner. Be willing to invite people into your lives and be willing to be vulnerable. Chris says this, we don't grow in pews or rows we grow in circles yes number three (laughs) i think when it comes to creating community like kate said the responsibility does fall on you more than it falls on anybody else for you to become involved in community so like beth said sometimes that takes showing up but i would say my number three is you have to make the effort yourself you have to be intentional yourself 
I think it's a good rule of thumb is just to pursue people as if you wouldn't be pursued otherwise. Not mm -hmm. that that's necessarily the reality of the situation, but you should pursue almost expecting like, if I don't do this, I won't be pursued back. So good. Yeah, that's my number three. Number four, realize that it takes time. You are not going to meet, you may hit it off with someone, but I think Jenny Allen says in the book, it takes 200 hours to build a close relationship with someone. So you've got to put in time and don't expect, it's not going to be awkward the first yeah. two, three, four, five, ten yeah. times you're together. You've got to keep pursuing it and keep showing up and it takes time. Five. It's the last one. It's got to be a big one. I know. Shebang. You preach this all the time. Come on, Kate. Number five, I feel like sometimes you really have to push for relational depth. You know, it takes a little while for it to feel like a friendship. Mm -hmm. But I find friendship, it is and can be easier to stay on the, even in the podcast in the past where we've talked about communication levels, you know, and they're there were five levels of communication and just like we talked about in a marriage it goes for the relationships that we have with other people it's easy to stay on the one through three but growth is what happens in the four and five and as we're responsible for connecting with people we are also responsible for the depth of our conversation in those things and i know that sometimes those things can become a little or they yeah. can feel a little uncomfortable or maybe you find that you disagree but in those, I feel like, is where we oftentimes grow the most or they are the most vulnerable. Like we've seen on this podcast, you hit these moments, but I think it's where people begin to feel connection when you're willing to share the four and five stuff. And I'm not saying to do that on the first time that you get together or have dinner. Like, please don't. Not wise, but over time, you have space to grow in that and then you have relationships where you can say you can speak into other people's yes lives. You, yeah. yes you have and the wow. opportunity to do that which is really what bonhoeffer believes is god's heart that we really hear from god through depth of relationship mm -hmm. with other people that we can hear god for ourselves but oftentimes God will speak to us through other people. And so Bonhoeffer says, you know, you have to be in community to get that, but God's voice will come through other people. It takes time, but, mm -hmm. ooh, and it also takes some humility to hear that, but that's for another day. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can catch Kate's original podcast with season one. She's two. two. She's number two. Beth is season one, episode number one. Oh, you got to scroll 99 episodes yeah. now to get there. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned next week for another special guest. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.